The word of God is a lamp unto our feet. Psalms 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It leads us through a life filled with dangerous pitfalls, what the scriptures in one passage call hurtful lust. The Bible tells us of our immortal beginning in a place called paradise, of our parents' fall, of the onset of the law of sin and death, of God's remedy for sin, and how to live victoriously in this sorry global state. The leadership of the scriptures is so supernaturally effective that the Bible declares the following. The passage deals with the nation that obeys. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through 21, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I like to think of God's word as an owner's manual. The first step in avoiding and literally overcoming the pitfalls of the enemy of our souls is the place Jesus calls born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you found this beautiful place? Are you born again? Would you like to begin a brand new life where all sin and shame has been thoroughly expunged from your record? Would you like the power to live a glorious Christian life? God said, man said, has very good news. Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Do it now. We'll wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1, 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God said, Psalms 127, 3-5, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. God said, Jeremiah seven thirty and 31, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my mind. God said, Leviticus 20, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed in the Moloch, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. Man said, Abortion. Now the record. For those who are searching for proof, 
There should be nothing more obvious than the incontrovertible fact that you cannot disobey a principle of the Word of God without suffering dreadful consequences. The God Said, Man Said series, titled The Literal Difference is Staggering, clearly declares this truth. The series highlights a biblical directive, man's disregard, and the resulting consequences. We put forth two camps for your review, the camp of the disobedient and the camp of the obedient. A few examples follow. Statistics, mostly for the United States, have been gathered from sources like the FBI, the U.S. Department of Justice, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, etc. We have used these statistics to show the dire results of disobeying God's life commandments in the U.S. And now we will take these statistics global. The population of the U.S. is about one-twenty-third that of the world, so far in the God Said, Man Said series, we have listed 36 carnal infractions. In this feature, we will review a handful of them, but multiply the U.S. number by 23 to reach a rough estimate of the global problem. Considering the following situations, and take note of the staggering difference between the obedient and the disobedient. The situation. God commands against the consumption of alcoholic beverages. In the camp of the disobedient, those negatively affected, 13 million Americans and 290,000 globally are alcoholics. 100,000 alcohol-related deaths are expected in the U.S., and 2,300,000 globally are expected this year. In the camp of the disobedient, excuse me, in the camp of the obedient, those negatively affected, zero. The situation. God strictly commands against fornication of any kind, including bestiality, premarital sex, adultery, homosexuality, etc. Those negatively affected in the camp of the disobedient. Globally, 1,610,000,000 cases of genital herpes and HPV. 150,000,000 with chlamydia. 25,300,000 with gonorrhea. 23,000,000 with HIV. 1,035,000 cases of AIDS each year. 6,900,000 with hepatitis B. And 2,760,000 with syphilis. Those negatively affected in the camp of the obedient... Zero, 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 zero. The situation. God commands against men, against uh, even looking on a woman to lust after her. And of course, this includes women looking upon men. Those negatively affected in the camp of the disobedient in the U.S., 20 million and globally, 460 million are addicted to pornography, contributing to more than half of all divorces. Those negatively affected in the camp of the obedient, zero. End of quote. It is not possible to reject the word of God without suffering the consequence. This feature will once again confirm that principle. In ancient times, many people sacrificed children unto devils. The scriptures report this in several passages. This type of murder is called infanticide. Following, you will find several excerpts from the R.J. Hutchinson's book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Bible, establishing this point. Here we go. The phrase, pass through the fire, refers to the pagan practice of taking newborn infants and rolling them while still alive into an enormous furnace as food for the gods. 
The prophet Jeremiah accused the syncretizing Judaites of setting up a high place of Tophet in the valley of Ben-Hinnon outside Jerusalem, where they burned their sons and their daughters in the fire. Plus, we know from other historical, historical sources that the Phoenicians who settled in Palestine were fond of this practice. According to the Greek historian Diodorus, there was in their city a bronze image of Cronus, extending his hands, palms up, and sloping toward the ground, so that each of the children, when placed thereon, rolled down and fell into a sort of gaping pit filled with fire. Archaeological excavations in Carthage, the North African colony, founded by the Phoenicians of Tyre in 814 B.C., have found 20,000 urns containing the remains of sacrificed children, the largest cemetery of sacrificed humans ever discovered. According to the Biblical Archaeological Review, experts believe that the child sacrifice took place there almost continuously for a period of nearly 600 years. Many ancient pagan societies believed that parents possessed an unqualified right to kill their own children for any or no reason. The Law of the Twelve Tablets, a Roman legislation circa 450 B.C., actually required a father to put to death any deformed child. Modern moral philosophers like Joseph Fletcher and Princeton University's Peter Singer advocate the same thing. The killing of female children was so widespread, just as it is in Asia today, the ancient world had a large abortion or infanticide caused imbalance in the sexes. That imbalance today is about 100 million lost female lives. A letter written in 51 B.C. from a pagan husband in Egypt to his wife revealed the casual way pagans viewed killing babies, particularly young girls. This is what the man had to say. Know that I am still in Alexandria. I ask and beg you to take good care of our baby son, and as soon as I receive payment, I shall send it unto you. If you are delivered before I come home, if it is a boy, keep it. If a girl, discard it. Ritual child sacrifice was also widely practiced. According to Plutarch, for example, the Carthaginians Carthaginians offered up their own children, and those who had no children would buy little ones from poor people and cut their throats as if they were so many lambs or young birds. Meanwhile, the mother stood by without a tear or moan. End of quote. This infanticide performed in and out of the womb is a global rebellion against the word of God and its wages must be paid. The following excerpts found under the heading The War Against Girls was published by the Wall Street Journal on June 18, 2011. Mara Vistenthal is worried about girls, not in any political, moral, or cultural sense, but as an existential matter. She is right to be. In China, India, and numerous other countries, both developing and developed, there are many more men than women the result of systematic campaigns against baby girls. In Unnatural Selection, Ms. Vistenthal reports on this gender imbalance, what it is, and how it came to be, and what it means for the future. In nature, 105 boys are born for ever 100 girls. This ratio is biologically ironclad. Between 104 and 106 is the normal range, and that's as far as the natural window goes. Any other number is the result of unnatural events. 
Yet today in India, there are 112 boys born for every 100 girls. In China, the number is 121, though plenty of Chinese towns are over the 150 mark. China's and India's populations are mammoth enough that their outlying sex ratios have skewed the global average to a biological impossible 107. But the imbalance is not only in Asia. Azerbaijan stands at 115, Georgia at 118, and Armenia at 120. What is causing the skewed ratio? Abortion. If the male number in the sex ratio is above 106, it means that couples are having abortions when they find out the mother is carrying a girl. By Miss Vistenthal's counting, uh, there have been so many sex-selected abortions in the past three decades that 163 million girls, who by biological average should have been born, are missing from the world. Moral horror aside, this is likely to be of a very large consequence. In the mid-1970s, amniocentesis, which reveals the sex of a baby in utero, became available in developing countries. Originally meant to test for fetal abnormalities, by the 1980s it was known as the sex test in India and other places where parents put a premium on sons. When when amnio was replaced by the cheaper and less invasive ultrasound, it meant that most couples who wanted a baby boy could know ahead of time if they were going to have one and, if they were not, do something about it. Better 500 rupees now than 5,000 later, reads one ad put out by an Indian clinic, a reference to the price of a sex test versus the cost of a dowry. If you peer hard enough at the data, you can actually see parents demanding boys. Take South Korea. In 1989, the sex ratio for first births there was 104 boys for every 100 girls, perfectly normal. But couples who had a girl became increasingly desperate to acquire a son. For second births, the male number climbed to 113. For third to 185. Among fourth-born children, it was a mind-boggling 209. Even more alarming is that people maintain their cultural assumptions even in the diaspora. Research shows a similar birth preference pattern among couples of Chinese, Indian, and Korean descendants right here in America. Ms. Vistenthal argues that such imbalances are portents of very bad things to come. Historically, societies societies in which men uh, substantially outnumber women are not nice places to live, she writes. Often they are unstable. Sometimes they are violent. There is indeed compelling evidence of a link between sex ratios and violence. High sex ratios mean that a society is going to have a surplus men, and that is men with no hope of marrying because there are not enough women. Such men accumulate in the lower classes, where risk of violence are already elevated. An unmarried man with limited incomes tends to make trouble. In Chinese provinces where the sex ratio has spiked, a crime wave has followed. Today in India, the best predictor of violence and crime for any given area is not income, a sex ratio. And to beat the marriage squeeze caused by skewed sex ratios, men in wealthier, imbalanced countries poach women from poorer ones. Miss Vistenthal reports from Vietnam, where the mail-order bride business is booming thanks to the demand for women in China. Prostitution booms too, and not the sex-positive kind that Western feminists are so fond of. As Columbia economics professor 
Uh, Lena Edland observes, the greatest danger associated with prenatal sex determination is the propagation of a female underclass that a small but still significant group of the world's women will end up being stolen or sold for their homes and stole, sold from their homes, excuse me, and forced into prostitution or marriage. Aborting a baby because she is a girl is no different from aborting a baby because she has Down syndrome or because the mother's mental health requires it. Choice is choice. One Indian uh, abortionist tells Miss Vistenthal, I have patients who come and say, I want to abort because if this baby is born, it will be a Gemini, but I want a Libra. This is where choice leads. This is where choice has already ended. Uh, and uh, led uh, end of quote it is impossible to discount the word of god and not suffer the consequences the following excerpts are from the god said man said feature article abortion part two its deadly fruits the following is taken from abortion questions and answers A well-designed national record-based study from Finland has shown previously unreported light on pregnancy-related deaths. This study followed all 15- to 49-year-old female deaths for the years 1989 to 1994 and identified any pregnancy-related events in the 12 months before death. Women who aborted were 3.5 times more likely to die than they who carried to term. Those who aborted died in accidents four times more often than those who carried to term. The risk of dying from homicide for post-aborted women was seven times higher than women in the general population and 13 times higher than those who delivered. Abort, uh, abortion Questions and Answers cites a study by D. Reardon and P. Nay that was published in the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse that claims substance abuse is 500% higher among post-abortive women. In an article tied Demographic Consequence of the Legalization of Abortion in Eastern Europe, published in the International Journal of, G- of GY, uh, GYN and OB, it is noted that after one legal abortion, the chance of the next child being born prematurely rises 14%. After two abortions, the figure elevates to 18%. After three, it rises to 24%. A study by the New York State Department of Health of over 40,000 women, half of whom had had an abortion and the other half who had had a live birth, exposes some serious problems as a result of abortion. One, spontaneous fetal deaths are 1.65 times more likely in all subsequent pregnancies among women who have aborted in the past. Two, children born to a woman who in the past has had an abortion are 1.5 times more likely to be low birth weight babies. Premature births are 1.8 times more likely if the mother has experienced abortion in the past. Number four, mothers who have aborted in the past are three times more likely to suffer labor complications. Number five, a newborn death is 1.4 times more likely among the previously abortion active mothers. Many scientific studies suggest a substantial increase in breast cancer among women who have had an abortion. Again, research cited in Abortion Questions and Answers. 
Dr. M.C. Pike of the University of Southern California in 1981 published the first serious scientific study that demonstrated a direct association of induced abortion with later breast cancer. He studied 163 women who developed breast cancer before age 33 and compared with 272 controls. He showed that if a woman had aborted her first pregnancy, her chance for developing breast cancer was increased by a factor of 2.4 times. A marker gene associated with breast cancer, 1NT2, was shown to be 18 times higher among those who had aborted than among normal women. The Word of God says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of the sin of abortion is death upon death, but the gift of God is forgiveness and salvation. If you have had or have participated in an abortion, you have committed a great evil. You must repent to God and turn from this iniquity. If not, you will face the fruits of your sowing all the days of your life and stand before God at the great white throne judgment to give an account for your deeds. Today is the day of salvation. Click on the further with Jesus on this website. Allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away your sins and guilt. End of quote. In the U.S., over 40 million legal abortions have been performed since the procedure was legalized but prior to this procedure, were simply performed illegally. For the purpose of making calculations, let's assume that in the United States, 60 million abortions have been performed in the past 50 years. Taking that number global in the same 50-year period, the number of acts of infanticide in and out of the womb would number 1,380,000,000, and I'm certain this is an understated number. The situation infanticide. In the camp of the disobedient, the casualty number, 1,380,000,000. In the camp of the obedient, those negatively affected, zero. One cannot disregard the Word of God without suffering the consequences. With 20 million infants in jars and billions in garbage bags, things haven't changed just the magnitude. Woe, woe be unto this world. God said, Genesis 1, verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God said, Psalms 127, 3 through 5, Lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. God said, Jeremiah seven thirty and 31, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. God said, Leviticus 21 and 2, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, 
whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Moloch, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. Man said, Abortion! Now you have the record.